Welcome back, humor consumers, to the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. I'm Catherine. And we're your hosts. Yeah. We're We're, ready. We're ready. What are we doing today? Today, we're doing episode number 16. Sweet 16. Oh, yeah. Do you remember your sweet 16 birthday? No. You? Yes. Oh. Want me to tell you about it? Oh, I... (laughs) could tell you want to tell me one of my very dearest friends Luann who yeah. now lives in Alabama oh we grew up together mm-hmm. she threw me a surprise birthday party Aww. yeah in her basement very nice thanks Luann <laughs> shout out to Luann I still remember that woo, woo. act of kindness miss her I haven't seen her in a long time oh yeah I went to see her yeah. mom a couple years ago when I was in my hometown and her mom was still living there. Now she, now her mom is living with Luann oh, okay. in Alabama. But I, I went to see her, and it was like walking into 1982. Oh, really? Like the house was oh. exactly the way it was. Was there paneling? Yes. Mm? And everything was in the same place. I was oh. like, man, this is, it was just like, it Cozy. felt like a big hug. Yeah. 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 Anyway, anyway, getting off topic. Uh-huh. Today, friends, listeners, we are talking about unusual jobs. Mm-hmm. Weird ones. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we have kind of some takeaways. We, we try to share with you what the takeaways are at the top of the podcast so that you can judge whether or not you want to stay with us. You know. You should always stay with yeah, us. Yeah, we're fun. Mm-hmm. Right. And what do you got better to do with the <laughs> pandemic out there, folks? <laughs> Might as well tune in. So here's three takeaways that we hope you take away from the podcast. One is we we hope that you're going to discover that there is a job for everyone. Everybody. There is something for everyone. That's takeaway number one. Number two, we are going to satisfy your curiosity about weird professions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we're going to encourage you to work for Jesus. Yeah. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Even though it's number three, it's number one. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But we always put that at the end. Yeah, we do. Yeah. So if you're, if this is your first time listening for some reason, we welcome you and stay tuned all the way to the end because we're going to leave you with some spiritual encouragement. Mm -hmm. And this episode is sponsored by Muffin Muffin and and Pooh, (laughs) our husbands. (laughs) Kenny and Ron. Yeah, they're great. Mm -hmm. All right, Catherine. Well, let's dive right in with... How you know discovering that there there's something for everyone? Yeah. What did you find? Well, remember we were gonna yes. you were gonna do the. Oh, I am. I thought you were gonna share what uh kind of jobs came to be during COVID. No. Oh, okay. Well, I know we <laughs> we talked about it earlier, but not just now. I think the medicine is kicking in. <laughs> And maybe it's too late to record the podcast. If I start to snore during the podcast, then, <laughs> then we're done. Know. Right. All right. Well, let me divert just a little bit because I do have this. This is not this is not something from the internet that I found. Uh-oh. But I started to ask Ron and I were talking about what are some weird things that I, I asked him the question, what's the weirdest job that you've ever done? Mm-hmm. And he didn't do this himself, but my husband is an excavator. So he's a heavy equipment operator. Mm-hmm. He he moves dirt from one spot to another with big machines. Well, his cousin, Art, is also an excavator. And one time, Art was hired to bury a horse. 
Yeah. Really? Yes, he was. Oh, my. This was many years ago. Ron was telling me the story. And Art was terrified because the process, there's no coffin. No, it's not like ceremonial and the lowering of a coffin like you would, you know. It just would feel icky. And the owners were there sobbing because this was their beloved horse. And there's Art with the machine and a rope. (laughs) You know. Putting earth on top of the. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no body bag. Hmm. You know, they're too big for all that. So that was the most unusual job that Ron could think of. But then my husband did say that when he was in high school, and I'm pretty sure he's talked about this in the past um, in our conversations, he used to dye women's shoes for weddings. Real? Oh, I think I recall him saying that. Yeah. He used to work in a mall. He's a teenager, you know, and he's working in a mall. Mm -hmm. And and he said it was funny because the old ladies would come into the store Mm -hmm. and they would say, I'll have a size seven, you know, and they're really a nine. (laughs) (laughs) And Ron would would have to try to shoehorn those fat old feet into a seven. (laughs) And I'm just picturing he looked. Like, and he still is, like this sweet little boy. He's like Caleb, like my youngest son. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, ma'am. He said that that the old ladies used to say, well, my feet are swollen because I've been walking. (laughs) So he's trying to jam these, like, I'm picturing like Cinderella, you know, like they're walking around. The sisters. Yeah. Yeah. But his favorite part of that gig was he used to do... Okay, this totally makes sense, though, now that we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. My husband is a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to certain things. Mm-hmm. He would dye match the shoes to the color of the bridesmaid's dresses. Like, he would have mm-hmm. a swatch of the dress. He got it perfect, spot mm-hmm. on perfect every time. He was like the dye master. Where did he work? I forget the name of the shoe store, but his um, stepdad was like a regional manager for the small shoe store thing, oh. and he got the job that way. Mm. Uh, my most unusual job was collating cookbooks. Oh, really? Yes. Mm. I was only 11 when I started oh, this. Oh, my. Well, because all you had to do was walk okay. around a table. I was mm-hmm. just like a human collator. Uh-huh. So picture, so. it was in the back of a printing press mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of um, paper around, mm-hmm. a lot of stacks, mm-hmm. no windows, no light, Ugh. very dark. Ugh. And you know I'm kind of spacey. That was my nickname in high school, Spacey mm-hmm. Tracy. Mm-hmm. So I would walk and I, I would have to pick up a page of every pile. But sometimes I would get distracted and then I'd be like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so there are some sad cooks out there somewhere. Oh, no. With myth- missing, oh. missing pages. Oh. To their cookbooks. I'm sorry. I feel bad about that. Yeah. Another weird job that Ron and I both did Mm -hmm. when we were teenagers was corn detasseling. Oh, I did that. (laughs) I did that too. Well, tell our listeners what that is, Catherine. So it is literally detasseling. So corn stalks, I think just the female ones or maybe just the male ones. It's one or the other. I forget which one has to be detasseled. They have those little fuzzy things at the top. And one had to manually go through the corn. You had to wear a sweatshirt in the middle of summer because the the corn the leaves are so... Oh. Well, the there, was multiple, there was multiple reasons that you would want to be covered yeah. up. The well, sun, the, the dew, 
the well, pollen, the, everything. The leaves were re- very rough. Yeah. And you could get your skin all scratched up. Oh, so. Yeah. So you delicate flower like Catherine. <laughs> okay. How, how much did you do that? How I, often? Well, I didn't last long because well, I got heat stroke. Okay. So did you work so, like one day? Yes. <laughs> Why are you... <laughs> I, I don't know. It. I don't know if it was a day or a week, but I had such a migraine. <laughs> you're like, I'm done. Anyway, you have to pluck. So you're reaching up high because the, the corn is very tall. Yeah. And you just yank it off. And, you know, a cornfield. No, that's a lot. It's an all day thing. You get up at the crack of dawn. You're out there in the middle of nowhere. There's bugs. Well, and I wasn't used to work. <laughs> My yeah. cousin, Christy, who lived in Indiana on the yeah. farm area and yeah. she's like come do this for the summer yeah and i just wanted to hang out with my cousin so i was like yeah sure <laughs> well i didn't last much longer than that for corn detasseling i did it every summer for mm-hmm. several summers but i would quit every single summer yeah you know i would just make as much money as i wanted and then i'd be like i'm done with this but job didn't you do something else? your dad told oh, me oh that was bean walking bean walking that was a one day and when he once told and done. me that so i could still picture your dad telling me that. okay for those i knew tracy wasn't gonna be a laborer that hey that's when i decided to go to college yeah yeah i went one day of bean walking which means you walk through bean fields and you pull weeds with your bare hands that's what it is yeah <laughs> It's hard. And it it was not for me. Mm-hmm. And when I got home, I collapsed on the floor mm-hmm. and made it very dramatic. You could imagine. Oh, I can. Exaggerating and everything. Mm-hmm. And I said, nope, I'm going to college. I'm not going to be a field worker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, and I wanted to mention this. My brother had a weird job growing up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It had to be one of his first jobs. He was a muskrat hunter. Oh cool yeah he would trap them i guess that's different than hunting he would go out into the we called it the bottoms oh yeah along the river Mm -hmm. he would go out there and he was just a little punk Hmm. kid you know with these traps Mm -hmm. and he would set the traps i hope that people aren't offended by me saying this story i mean it's just what he did i don't know Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I know, whatever. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. But he would set the traps. And muskrats are like little rodents. Water rodents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like big. They're scary when they come up. But they don't have like the the furry tail like squirrels do. They, I don't remember now. But their furs are valuable. And people, I guess, would eat them. I don't know. But he would trap them Mm -hmm. and sell the fur to this furrier guy. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a weird job. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, so those are some unusual jobs that I've had some experience with or I've known someone that's had some experience with. Mm -hmm. Why don't you share now what you've learned about some weird jobs that are out there? So um, there's uh, several different sites, but they all kind of have the same listings pretty much. So here is one. Now, these are current jobs, the 10 weirdest jobs in the world. So one, a professional sleeper. I love that. Yeah. Who would hire a professional sleeper? Hotels. And I looked into it further. I went to other sites to see how true is this and what's the salary. And the salary ranged from, uh, well, the average salary salary was $58,249 or $28 an hour to sleep in hotel beds. And one would have to sleep in it 
write up a report and you know there's why aren't we doing that (laughs) (laughs) and they're all over so can we apply for that job you know so i started looking like hmm I am Where? an excellent sleeper. Can I go take my medicine and just go to sleep. You know I sleep like a baby anywhere I go. I would be given the best reviews. It was the <laughs> best <laughs> night's <laughs> sleep. <laughs> no, you don't want the employer to know that. That oh. you sleep well anywhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. I could <laughs> sleep on a rock and be like, it was great. <laughs> um, I think also um, hospital beds, places like medical places too, that they also... <laughs> Tracy just gave me the funniest look. It's weird. Yeah. Well, interesting. I guess they really do want you to be comfortable while you're staying in the hospital. I don't know. Well, okay. We've got a solution to a very big problem. We have a homeless issue in this country, right? Yeah, I know. Why can't those people get those jobs? They could go. Perhaps they don't want to do the extra stuff. I mean, you do have to write a report and you have to submit it. Okay. I think well, you probably have to have a computer. It was problem solved for about two seconds there. <laughs> <laughs> then it went out the window. Good try, though. Yeah, okay. Nice of you to think of that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one, drying paint watcher. So that really does exist. I also looked that up on several other um, sites. And it's not only paint companies that hire, but um, leather. Like they so- want to know... How long it takes to dry? Mm-hmm. Is it dry? how certain mixes may uh, have a propensity to dry better than others? Stuff like that. And this is lucrative. I found that it was. And again, the salaries... why aren't we doing that? <laughs> I can watch paint dry as good as the next person. Okay, I would hate that. I would not. You wouldn't be able to do that. Are you kidding me? I could do it, and then I would have a bit at the end of that. If you're a paint professional, paint dryer watcher, you're going to have some comedy when you walk out of that. Well, yeah, I could see you doing it for that reason. Yeah, but not long term. No. Probably not. (laughs) No. Okay. Scratch. I'm done. All right. Next one. Mm -hmm. Full-time Netflix viewer. So I really dug into that one. I think my husband has that job. I was telling Emily about it because her degree is in film studies, Emily yes. and my daughter. And uh, they, so what they need, they need people to not just view, but to, um, they're called taggers mm-hmm. and they will um, rate a show um, according to PG or R or whatever. They also have to write like little reviews, like the, the little blurbs that you read right. when um, you're kind of um, scrolling, scrolling looking. through. Right. And they'll say what genre it is. and That would be that good for your thing. daughter. I know. She should do that. It would yeah. be bad for my but husband because he falls asleep most of the time. It would be, right. So mm-hmm. then he would be like, oh, let's go back to the professional sleeper <laughs> job. Right. You know, and I went on the Netflix um, website mm-hmm. and I looked at their job, um, you know, openings oh. and so forth. And it, it wasn't listed on there, but I found website after website that they do have this so i don't know why they don't put it on their job postings Mm. listings but maybe they have all the reviewers that they need right now well yeah but i think you know like when they put their it not it wasn't just the openings it's the job that they okay you know can apply for whatever oh okay the next one i thought was hilarious a train pusher 
know what that is? No, what is that? So in Japan, I guess it's mostly in Japan. I couldn't find it anywhere else, really. They're called Oshiyas, and they're hired to help cram as many people onto a train as possible by pushing them from the outside until the doors were closed. This is inhumane. It looks that way. So there was a segment on, um, so I looked, there was a video on YouTube that was a segment on ABC News. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they're so crowded there that, um, but they need to get these people on. And there's these men that literally will shove the people in. So they (laughs) actually showed one guy, he's got a briefcase and he's just standing there like, (laughs) (laughs) you could, he looked like he was waiting for them to do it. And I guess it's, it's just normal. Well, you know how I would react to that with my claustrophobia. Oh, uh, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what they're doing now with, you know, the pandemic. How how are right. they doing that? Because they're not only not six feet apart. They're not even six inches. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they're working from home like the rest of the world. Yeah. I don't okay. know, but I thought that was, it was funny That's to watch it. Yeah. I thought you meant they were pushing the actual train, but they're pushing people they're on pushing the train. pushing people. Onto mm-hmm. the train. This is China. This cool. is happening. No, no, no. Japan. Oh, Japan. Yeah, and they're shoving them in there like, hu- mm. like they're just animals. sardines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No thanks. All right. Next one up. Professional mourner. Oh, I meant to ask you. Do you know what a moral is? It's a moriologist. Moriologist. Yes. It's a professional mourner. Oh, and. So they're basically sobbers, wailers, or criers at funerals. (laughs) I want those at my funeral. I want some wailers. So I did want to, okay, I'm going to read from this. If I die first, will you wail at my funeral? Yes, you know I will. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) So I'm going to read this little article because it's interesting. Most of us dread going to a funeral, no matter who has died. However, there are some people who actually make their living by attending these events. They are professional mourners. They are known as moirologists, sobbers, wailers, or criers. In (laughs) South Africa, you can pay someone to cry and threaten to jump into the grave if you are so inclined. Of course, they charge more for that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, of course. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Having paid mourners is an ancient tradition and has been found in many societies. So I went in several websites and sure enough, it has been around for the longest time. And I can't remember if it's this article or a different one that, so the more like elite you were, then the more um, mourners you would have, the more important you appeared to be. So let me see if, if this is Is, is this a practice today? Yes. There are people. So I looked it up. And there's, How much do those sorry. people make? Oh, gosh. I don't think I wrote it down. Or I could um, be a mourner. I could. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to find this where, okay, um... Today, one can still find professional mourners. For example, in Essex, England, there is a service called Rent-A-Mourner. And I did find this on another website, like an actual job website. As one might expect, these mourners are more reserved, well-dressed, and polite. Because prior to this, they're talking about how 
<clears throat> um, loud that certain mourners are. That certain it just depends on the culture, but some believe that um, to pass on into the next world, which you know we don't really believe this, but um, then more wailing and loud. Like, like cries pushes you along they have to yeah mm-hmm. kind of like the train pushers but the other yes the other side yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah and then it says here here in the united states paid mourners were used at the golden gate funeral home in fort worth texas where they were also trained and paid for their services it was a um funeral home anyway it was really um I've, which I found package be- would you like yeah. Catherine? <laughs> The diamond package comes with 20 mourners. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I guess that one is not currently an active program, but this is something that does um, still happen. Wow. Mm-hmm. This one, yeah, Arlington National Cemetery. And it's also used for people um, who may not have mourners. So there's professional mourners for well, that. Well, who, pay, who pays the mourners for somebody that has no mourners good question i think it was the funeral service oh yeah but there were i mean there was a lot of information on this Mm. and i was like wow that is a fascinating thing right there Mm -hmm. and each like society or culture has different ways of mourning and like different guidelines i guess you could say That right there is our point, too, satisfying your curiosity about weird professions, because that's got to be about as weird as they come, being Mm. a professional mourner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw an interview with one of them, too, but he was able to cry on the spot. Wow. (laughs) A lot of them said they need, like, little aids to to help them. With the teardrops. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So... Just whatever. Just spraying pepper in their face. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's Southeast Asia. Okay. That they believe that a loud funeral will assist the dead as they travel to the afterlife. So professional mourners are hired to cry and weep loudly Mm. throughout the service. Wow. All right. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that. What else you got there? Snake milker. Wait, Um, wait. Back up. mm -hmm. (laughs) Say it one more time. Snake milker. Okay. Snakes don't have no. <laughs> Do not have breastuses. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it just reminds me of the meet the fuckers. Yes. <laughs> if it has nipples, <laughs> you can milk it. It's piece of teat. <laughs> okay. Okay. Snake milkers. Go ahead. Yeah. So the venom. From the poisonous snakes oh. is needed to right. collect anti-venoms um, right. mm-hmm. and other medicines. I'm not gonna apply no, for that. No, job. you're not. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but if you could have jumped into my head when you said snake milkers, mm-hmm. and I'm like, so, wait, <laughs> there's no way. No, I said, yeah, I okay. saw that you were right. kind of thinking what. Yeah. All right. Now this one, I could, I could have done. What is Until it? I read the what the qualifications are. <laughs> oh, that's half of our half of our yeah. stuff. All right, dog food taster. Oh, and I say yes. that because when I was little, I used to go and try the stupid dog food because it was salty. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, so, but that makes sense that they would have people taste the dog food because the dog's not going to say what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, like, they, I guess they have to be highly skilled researchers, you know, and and have doctoral degrees. I got this from wait. How, how stuff works. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. My mind is blown. Okay. You, okay, you had me at the snake milk, and now you've got me at, you have to get a doctorate degree to taste dog food. Mm-hmm. No, no. It's like a science. Whatever. I, it was boring. I didn't I didn't read <laughs> the whole thing, but I jotted down. Oh, my gosh. Highly skilled <laughs> researcher and doctoral degree. <laughs> That's like 20 years of schooling to taste dog food. Yeah. You did Basically, it for free. I Yeah. I could have gave my opinion. <laughs> I mean, if a oh. human doesn't like it, the dog's not going to like it. Mm. Well, that's what the article said. Okay. And then, you I'll know, go with it. So there's like all this stuff with smell. Like also too, like even if the, if the dog likes liver and things like that, you don't want your house to smell like that. So then these people... Just do all that yeah. science stuff. Okay. The next one, it's hard to say, odor judge. I keep wanting to say order judge. Okay. Odor judge. And here it says, in order to test the effectiveness of new products, odor judges are hired to smell volunteers' breath, feet, and armpits. Ooh. They make sure their judgment is accurate. The members of staff have their sense of smell tested monthly. Um, but I looked into this to see, okay, it can't be just that. It has to be something else. And sure enough, on career trend, uh, it, this is a real job. The salary kind of fluctuates between 19,000 a year and 52 a year. And armpit sniffers can sniff up to 60 armpits an hour. (laughs) And so wait, are they like? sniffing for the effectiveness of say like deodorant deodorant. okay but um certain companies like procter and gamble they keep that confidential how much they pay their armpit sniffers (laughs) it's it's true mom dad i've decided to quit school and become an armpit sniffer it's very lucrative (laughs) okay so um, there's also paper towel sniffers because the paper towel companies don't want their paper towels to have a scent. And they want to make sure that when one is wiping up certain spills that they don't like have an odor to them at all. So they have to be sniffed when they're dry and then when something is sp- spilled. It was, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a halitosis judge. Uh, and again, salaries are confidential. By the mouthwash people. Hmm. No, thank you for Mm -hmm. that one. Yeah. But, and there was a lot more to that profession Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. you know, but we only want to talk about the weird stuff. That is weird. Yeah. Okay. Next one is considered number two because it goes from 10 to to one. Okay. Marmite tester. Say it again. Marmite. You know what that is? Nope. Okay. It is this... Uh, like paste it's like a um i think it's yeast let me see yeah yeast extract and it's a food spread like a and it's a byproduct of beer brewing and there i guess there's this really well-known marketing thing um it's probably commercial love it or hate it is like the the mantra that's Mm. said but um anyway it's not popular here but of course in um England. I don't know if it still is, 
but it is a thing and it was used um it, it just was used also i guess it has vitamin b or b12 or something like that and mm. it was used in um i think world war one to help supplement men and anyway so they sit there and they taste this all day long mm. and it's it's a thing hey did you know this is reminding me of the radium girls have you have you heard of that did we talk about that i don't know it's a movie called the radium girls okay. and it's um, employees at West Clocks, which was in oh. LaSalle, Peru, Illinois area. Okay. There was a, a manufacturing facility there for clocks. Oh. They made glow-in-the-dark alarm clocks. Hmm. Or they made all kinds of clocks. Mm-hmm. But they had a... The face of the clock was glow-in-the-dark. Mm. And the w- reason it was glow-in-the-dark was because they painted radium onto the numbers. Oh. With little paint brushes. Oh my goodness. Skinny little paint brushes. Mm-hmm. So the women that were working in the factory would take the paintbrush and wet it with their lips to get it nice and skinny, oh I my. guess. Uh-huh. And and dip it in the radium and paint a number, wet it, dip it, paint it. Mm, like well, little elves. Yes, like little elves. The only thing was they all died. Yeah, because you can't eat radium. It'll oh, I kill was you. just thinking when they you were all saying. got cancer and they died. Oh, you can watch the movies. Oh. I haven't seen like it. mouth cancer. I don't know. Whatever radium gives you. <clears throat> I didn't watch the film, but I, you know, I grew up in that area. I know. So yeah. I had heard the story. I don't know through my dad somehow. Mm-hmm. But isn't that sad? Very. Like who would think you're going oh, to work and yeah. I'm, I'm painting? This is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Look, it's glow in the dark, and you think it's safe. Mm-hmm. Totally not safe. Mm. So very sad. Yikes. Yeah. Ready to bring it down. Yeah, Big bummer. Down a level. Sorry. <laughs> what's okay? What's number well, we're, one? We're gonna bring it up. All right. Scuba diving pizza delivery man. So there's this hotel, which I was picturing a, a big hotel, but it's really just like this fifty foot thing. Like, it's underwater. Like a, it's underwater. Obviously. Yeah, and it's in um, fl- the Florida Keys, mm-hmm. and it is um, a scuba diving pizza delivery man who supplies them with pizza by carrying them through the sea in a water tank case. Wow. Yeah, that was number one. That's interesting. Yeah. That That, was, yeah. That was interesting. You know, you you recall that my son Joel was a commercial diver. Mm -hmm, I thought about that. And Mm -hmm. when he chose that as a profession, you know, I was trying to get him to be a landscaper, like a golf course landscaper. Mm -hmm. He had that job at the golf course near our home. Mm -hmm. And I said, Joel, you know, you can go to school. There's a trade school where you learn all the different turfs and how to take care of them. My cousin did that. Mm -hmm. Like he went to school down in Kentucky and learned how to be an expert golf groomer, whatever you call it. I said, it's lucrative. You could do it, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, I want to be a commercial diver. I'm like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> but the, that's a weird job. But he, yeah, you know that is. It is a weird and job. And it's a job that you don't think about, like cleaning out those water towers yeah. and things like that. Yeah. There. So there's inland diving and then there's offshore diving. Mm-hmm. And the inland diving, what Catherine's referring to, is Joel would have many jobs where he would travel all over the United States they would climb up the outside of water towers, those skinny little little ladders, you know? Mm-hmm. And he said a lot of the guys quit because they couldn't handle the heights. Oh, wow. Yeah. he had Because yeah. they thought they were going to be going down. Well, I don't know what they thought, but I don't think <laughs> they thought up. that. Yeah. But they then they have to get into the tank. So the men in the wetsuits and such, 
They get into the tank and they have to maintain it, clean it, inspect it, test the water. And it's a regular like maintenance program. Mm -hmm. And then they also have to do sewage, sewage tanks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he also did offshore diving, which was like oil rigs. And they would do maintenance underneath the rig. Under boats. Yeah. And And he was always by barracudas and sharks. And I'm like, why did you pick (laughs) this job? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But he's not doing that anymore. Not anymore. No. Mm -hmm. But that's not a long-term gig. It's not like you can do that to your 65 or 70. Yeah. You know, you have to. Kind of a really young and dumb man's game. You got to be young and fearless. and Yeah. 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 Sorry, Joel. (laughs) Not not dumb. No, no. Fearless. Fearless. Courageous. Yes. AKA Mm -hmm. dumb. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on. Moving on. Yeah, sorry. All right. So then I was looking at some of the weirdest jobs from, you know, years ago. So so there's 24 history's weirdest jobs. Okay. So the number, uh, one of these is called groom of the stool. So the groom of the stool formally titled the groom of the king's clothes stool so clothes not like clothes you wear mm-hmm. uh, clothes as in shut was responsible for helping the king go to the toilet this post this job was actually considered an esteemed position in early modern england can you imagine only the english <laughs> only the english would think that was esteemed yeah Oh, because they were helping the king. Helping the king. Sit on the throne. Sit on his throne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do his the other throne. Th- right. And, you know, I'm looking at it, and it's made of, it looks like velvet or velour seat. And the little hole is quite small. So I can't imagine the muck on that velvet, you know, yeah. because. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Just. Ugh. What's the next thing? All right. So the next one, Resurrectionists. So I thought, what could that possibly be? So resurrectionists, or their their other title, is really called grave robbers. Oh, and have you heard of that? No. Really? Grave robbers? Yeah. No. You've never heard that term? Okay. So res- Where the- would I hear that? Well, I can't recall where I've heard it, but I've definitely heard of that term. I've heard so- cradle robbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well... Anyway, they would dig corpses out of graveyards and sell them to medical schools. Wow. Yeah, for, for research. But and they, they were considered, I can't remember which article it Is was. Is it a crime or a job? Well, it was, there was a lot of controversy over it. So um, it was a job and doctors would hire them, but then sometimes doctors would claim they didn't know where the bodies came from. But because they couldn't refrigerate, bodies way back then right and and i guess they only got cadavers from people that were hung well you know not everybody's hung so (laughs) so they would so go go see a fresh grave be like yeah and they just go there and um like i said they were body snatchers i think is what another name they were called um i wonder if people were not I wonder how they felt about the next life. Like, were they afraid that, like, like today, you can donate your organs. Mm-hmm. And it's quite encouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, be an organ donor. It's, mm-hmm. it's like there's ads and public service announcements and billboards and stuff. Be an organ donor. Mm-hmm. Give life that gives life or whatever, whatever. 
and you know, I have a little cousin who has somebody else's heart because he needed a new heart and yeah. he, so the other person obviously had to make a big sacrifice or didn't have to, they yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, I wonder if then if they thought they needed to stay intact. Well, I believe that that is the case. For because, the spiritual stuff. Right. I, I l- was reading this article that people um, started to kind of warm up to it, I guess you could say, or get used to it and understand the research mm-hmm. necessity. And so people started to change. But there was still the problem of these grave robbers going in and... Because they, the researchers, as they, I guess you could call them, um, they needed more bodies. Yeah. And so it was a dirty business. And it was considered one of the lowest uh, forms of life. Like they were considered just the, just low life. The grave great. robbers? Yeah. And some of them would exhume like the body <laughs> by the head. So they'd go in and just yank it with a, with a um, rope. And others, this is, I think, the strangest thing too. They would uh, like create this tunnel and pull them out, just the body. Because if you left the shroud and the um, coffin, well, it didn't seem like there was a coffin. Hmm. But if they left the shroud and let's see, um, oh, and the grave goods is what they said. They would leave that part in and only remove the body because the court sentences were lighter for just the body snatching alone. That's weird. That's very weird. Yeah. So you're going to get more time in jail if you take the shroud and the grave goods. goods. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm glad we're not there. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that was something that I got sidelined on too. I was mm. like, what? What? <laughs> it's just, that's where that term came from. The body snatchers or the body ro- or uh, grave robbers. And huh. wow, I didn't know they really existed. All right. Uh, what else we have? Oh, a fuller. So fullers were responsible for ancient Rome's dirty laundry. Though they would stand in these like big tubs and they would, um, and I guess I couldn't believe this. So I checked into it. It says here, fullers had to stand in tubs filled with water and alkaline chemicals. Oftentimes that meant stale urine collected from public restrooms. So and then they'd have to stomp and scrub and wring the cloth to get it clean. So I looked into that too. And the profession itself was a really good profession. And uh, because, you know, the um, the Romans just always wanted to be flashy and dress and look good and all that. Mm-hmm. So the laundry had to be done all the time, right? But I'm thinking if the laundry is done in urine, how is that? clean how could they feel important you know but but that's what they did that's weird yeah all right a rat catcher so rat catchers um they snagged the disease carrying rodents that once ran rampant in residential neighborhoods so that was a that was a thing (laughs) sorry I just yawned, but I didn't want to yawn out loud. There's always that so, that look that a person gets, you know, yeah, like, I'm, sorry. I'm so trying not to do it. Okay. <laughs> a whipping boy. <laughs> so, whipping boy, how do you solve a problem? Like disciplining a spoiled young prince. What do you do? You whip him. No. You give them a friend to play with 
and then beat the kid whenever the the friend whenever the prince acts up sounds healthy right no no right i know but so, you've just enlightened me because i've heard that term used in a derogatory way like you're so and so's whipping boy i never knew what that meant you know it's it it is amazing where so many terms that we have or phrases yeah. they do have roots right well you know like the the body snatchers the grave grave robbers and and now now this the whipping gosh boy. the more i learn the more i realize i don't know Mm-hmm. I guess that's I remember learning, learning about, um, I was on some kind of tour and like sleep tight. That is, um, they literally had to tighten like the ropes on the bed each night, you See, know, before know under either. the mattress. Yeah. I've seen those so, antique beds with the ropes mm-hmm. and they So creaked. sleep tight came from that. I mean, there's so many things yeah. that are kind of neat like that. All right. I think a lot of people know this because of the famous movie that came out not long ago, but a computer was an actual title it was somebody's work title usually women before electronics took over um and they would convert figures and crunch numbers by hand mm-hmm. not for tracy <laughs> oh gosh yeah i hate numbers too all right um this one orn i can't, i don't know how to pronounce it properly but ornatrices ornatrices okay so the um in Rome, back in ancient Rome, you know, they had those big curly dews that were just extravagant. Mm-hmm. So somebody had to do that for them. Was it like so, a wig? No. Oh, no. okay. So they're like a hairdresser? Well, they were enslaved hairdressers. Oh, boy. Yeah. Responsible for creating the ornate and insane looks that were, you know, very popular at the time. And I guess their title was Ornatrix. And they had to deal with lots of gnarly ingredients to cater to fashionable Romans, like I was saying. Mm. And hair dye was made up of rotten leeches, squid ink, pigeon poop, and urine. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll keep my gray. <laughs> and yeah, you don't need like the crazy mm-hmm. look there. A powder monkey that was a young boy on a warship. Um, and they would be like quick hands that they could call upon to stuff gunpowder back into the cannons. Mm. Yeah. And a lector, a lector just, um, read in factories. So Mm -hmm. factory work would get rough and monotonous. And so a lector would read news and literature to the colleagues. It was like a podcast in a way. Yeah, really? Or radio? Mm -hmm. Really? Okay. A U-er-er, and hopefully I'm saying that right. These midi- medieval laborers were sent out to get hot water for nobles. And they uh, were respons- their responsibilities included providing warm water for hand washing, drying the king's clothes, and drawing the monarch's bath. Mm. It was probably a good job. Yeah, sounds fancy. Okay, here's one that I was like, I did not know this. So a barber, and you're probably thinking, well, that's not weird. But barbers used to surgery, so and, and especially surgery that surgeons or doctors wouldn't do. So um, you would go to the barber shop and you could get a tooth pulled. You could get um, wow, yeah. So they would like remove lice, of course. They'd trim hair and shave beards, and, and but remove teeth. They did a lot of bloodletting, and um, they also um, I think that they were. They served the military, too. It's not on this thing here, but 
Um, they would serve the military, too, by doing things that doctors wouldn't do. Mm. And there is a barber's, oh, what was it called? Oh, a barber's guild. Um, anyway, and it goes way back. I mean, the, oops, I lost it. Anyway, um, so that was interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And they're, you know, the, wow. the barber Yeah, uh, the thing little that's spinny right, thing. Yeah, so the, it represented blood and bandages. Oh, yeah. gosh. And I think the little gold thing on top indicated, like, surgicals done here or something like that. Yeah. So the classic barber pole is a vestige of the profession's medical roots. The brass tip represents the basin that collected the patient's blood, while the blue and red ribbons represent bandages and blood. Oh. Mm. Who knew? Yeah. And a phrenologist. That was, um, I, I guess they could read your intelligence. Hmm. It was a little bit. Stay away from those people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, yikes. Just a little bit weird. By And they could do it by the shape of your head, oh. supposedly. Um, a taster. And those were the ones that um, they would taste whatever might be served to the the king because like if the king were a tyrant they would try to kill him i mean that's even in the bible can you imagine if that's your job and you know you've you've been around Mm -hmm. you know that kings are poisoned Mm -hmm. and your king has been up to no good and you know that right and you'd be like "Uh, i'm not hungry (laughs) (laughs) i got i got a stomach Throw it over my shoulder. Right. Like when you're a kid, pretend like you're tasting it. Oh, you're giving yeah. it to the dog. <laughs> the dog falls over. Oops. What I happened? Well, he was old. Yeah. Or if you didn't have a dog. I had an accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. This is a necessary woman. And uh, a necessary woman had to deal with a lot of grossness on a daily business uh, basis. According to historic royal places, the necessary woman had the uh, coveted post of emptying chamber pots. Yay! Mm-hmm. In the case of the king's necessary woman, the pay was pretty dope for the time. 60 pounds with an additional bonus for lodgings and supplies. And if you're listening and you don't know what a chamber pot is, oh, yeah. I was, yeah. it's a porcelain pot. Yeah, big bowl that you sit on and you go to the bathroom on it. It's actually not even that big. Well, it's yes. big enough to sit on. Uh, oh, well, I've seen. I, okay, yeah. I saw your your your, your pots or whatever. Yeah. Someone used to serve biscuits out of it. Yeah, yeah. They're, <laughs> I don't think they're that big. But. Well, they're not. They're not as big as today's commodes. They're not that big. Yeah. But people had smaller business back then. <laughs> <laughs> they they didn't have fast food, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> they had, you know, yeah. boar. That's all. They just ate the, boar. Well, and the, the the thing is, is that they weren't big enough to where you could just keep going in the same. They would have to be emptied yeah. a lot because. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Next one, alchemist, which is kind of boring. So we'll just skip over. That one. Okay. Okay. A knock nobbler. Knock nobbler. A knock nobbler. They were tasked with chasing dogs out of church during services. Oh, yeah. Which raises questions. Why were they? Why that they was exactly there? what I was thinking. Yeah. Who's bringing their dogs to church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that they would have such a big problem with it. That right. They'd they have need to... a nobbler. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a witch hunter. Um, 
yeah, that, that's not really interesting either. But these people would, it was a full-time career for some people. But they would just find, um, search for witches. And a pin setter. Oh, these people set up the bowling pins. You but know, before... I did see that one online before we came on to broadcast, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a little kid, like mm-hmm. in the 70s, mm-hmm. and the little town next to our town had a bowling alley. And we were way backwards, like in the small little town. Mm-hmm. There were only four lanes or three lanes. Yeah. And they had a manual pin setter in the back did they and some kid that would just set the pins up yeah. rather rather than having the big arm that comes down yeah and it says that the um pin setters the mechanical ones came out in 1936 but i imagine right. it was probably expensive but before that they had boys yeah to do that yeah yeah all right an ice cutter uh just people that come and cut your ice <laughs> not that a badger I remember reading about this one. Uh, I'm just going to skip that one. A leech collector. Uh, Back when medicine was in its, let's just bleed the patient to death, which, you know, they did that. Yeah. So gross. People called leech collectors would cull leeches from the ground with animal legs and then sell them to doctors who would then stick them on people to treat them. So that was a thing. Uh, and then chimney sweep people. <laughs> the picture that they have, you know, pictures from, I don't know what era it is, but those really old pictures where people's eyes look like a void. Yeah. It looks so scary. <laughs> That's what oh, they have oh, here. Life this. was scary back then. Yeah. They but... didn't have cushy little jobs like we have now, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so the the, you know chimney sweeps they actually shoved little kids up there to do that and because they, they were smaller small. mm-hmm. yeah. so these poor kids mm. were breathing all that in dagger typist basically I, I don't even understand what this one is but it's like early publicity um before selfies okay. but a knocker up yeah let's talk about the, so knocker, the knocker up, up. and the picture i they have here is hilarious so it's, it's um well, first of all, we'll say what the knocker up Go ahead. is. It is um, before alarm clocks, they hired a knocker up to tap or shoot peas at the windows at an appointed time. So, uh, a human alarm sleep. clock. Yeah. It was a human alarm clock mm-hmm. just knock, knocking on the window to mm-hmm. wake them up. Yeah. So the name knocker upper. Knocker upper. Or is it knocker up? Well, here it says knocker up. Okay. But, you know, it. You've seen it both ways. Things take on different yeah. dimensions. I had asked my mom if she knew what one was. and Because just... Catherine's mom's from England. Mm-hmm. So here, let's listen. So I asked her, they said, hey, so you, you'll be able to hear. Put it right here by the, in the yeah. front. Oh, my God, play it. Yeah. Do you know what a knocker upper is? Yeah, yeah. Yes. What is it? It's a man in the, in the olden days where you would get up early in the morning because people didn't have alarm clocks back in the wet, you know, back in the day. And he would come and knock them up. How would he do that? You know, on a pole. Like he had a pole and he tapped on the window? Yeah, something like that. I, don't, I never saw it. Are you sure it was a man, not a woman? No, not a man. Not a woman. No. No? No, and they wouldn't send a woman out to do something like that because oh. it was dark. Oh, right. 
and they wouldn't send a woman out like that. And um, so um, that's what a knocker rapper is. Do you think that they ever used straws, like spit through a straw to wake them up? How could you have, how could you spit through a straw? And from, you have to go up high. These lamps were high. Yeah. You know, big long posts. Yeah. You spit up that, they'd come down on you. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, uh, oops, I gotta stop. So she said lamp post, but she yeah. actually meant the windows and, and things that were really high. But it, it from what we've seen, it does seem to be that it was women. Yeah. In fact, in this picture here, it, it's a woman. It's an interesting job. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Wow. Yes. That was really weird. Mm-hmm. And our curiosity has been satisfied. Mm-hmm. And we've discovered that there is literally a job for everyone. So let's wrap up our podcast with some encouragement to work for Jesus. And Colossians 3, 23 and 24 is a familiar passage to many Christians. And if it's not familiar, I will read it for you. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who you are serving. That really is how I try to work when I'm working. I do try to remind myself of that. Yeah, and it helps. helps. It helps because Mm -hmm. we all have, you know, toil Mm -hmm. from time to time. You know, the corn detasseling, the bean walking, Mm -hmm. the knocker upping. It's Mm -hmm. no fun (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) And Catherine and I, in the past, we both worked in customer service. And that can be a, a trial because when you're on the other end of the customer service counter, you're, you know, oftentimes dealing with people who are disappointed Um, Karen's. Mm -hmm. Yes, we did an episode about Karen's. But when you have the perspective of you're, you're working, you're doing your best, working hard, not for pleasing other people, but for pleasing the Lord, and knowing that your inheritance, like knowing that this world is not all there is for us, that's where true peace comes from. And that's where your hope comes from. So that's where we want to leave you today. Uh, from the Life Happens Laugh Anyway podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, we hope that you'll join us next time because our next episode is Are We Addicted to To Technology? technology? And the answer to that is yes, for sure. So, uh, well, I'm comedian Tracy DeGraff. And I'm Catherine. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.